This week on the Off the Crossbar Podcast, we continue our look at the prospects for the 2020 NLL Entry Draft with projected top five pick, Jeff Hendrick. And at this point of most years, we'd be talking WLA and MSL playoffs. Man, how 2020 sucks. All that and more on OTCB. What is good, lacrosse fans, and welcome to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast here on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, all brought to you by the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. My name is Teddy Jenner. You can find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar, on Instagram, OTCB Podcast, or you can email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com. We will speak with Jeff Henrik from the Ohio State University and New Westminster Salmon Bellies momentarily, as he is a projected top five, some think projected top two pick on the September 17th NLL draft night. So we'll get his thoughts on life without lacrosse during the summer, being back in the bubble at college, and what it would mean for him to be in the National Lacrosse League. But as we all know, the sports world has come to a dramatic pause in the last 24 hours. And it is a conversation that continually happens and continually needs to happen. But unfortunately, it continues to fall on many deaf ears. Now, this is not a political show by any means, nor will I try to delve too deeply into how to fix the landscape of today's world. But if you are upset because athletes are taking a stand and trying to use their voice, have a look in the mirror and take a deep breath. Yes, sports is our outlet from the chaos of the world. But sometimes there are many things more important than that distraction, and that is getting things right and treating everybody with respect and dignity, and love. And Cody Jamison said it on Twitter earlier on Thursday. This isn't us versus them, peoples of color versus people not of color, the majority versus the minority. This is right versus wrong. And I think what the athletes are doing is right. I think, I would like to think, That if this was a regular normal summer, the lacrosse world might try and take some sort of stance as well. But it's just very saddening and disheartening to see that these instances continue to happen. And black men are continually shot. And we have to have these conversations over and over again about racial injustices and racial equality and systemic racism when all we have to do 
is be a little more compassionate for our fellow human beings. And we can all work to make this world a better place. It's obviously not going to happen overnight, but hopefully this can again be a wheel of change. And hopefully we can move on from this and be better for it. And I applaud all of the athletes, especially the NBA players who really spearheaded this, followed by the MLB and the WNBA and the NHL players on Thursday with a very loud statement. And the statements that they made from Ryan Reeves and some of the, all of the players that were there with him. It is a scary time in our world. And hopefully there is hope and change coming. Because it just breaks my heart to see all the things that happen south of the border across the world to people of color any age race sexual orientation creed religion it's just not right let's just all be better to everybody and hopefully the world will become a much safer place for everyone to be out on the streets September 17th is the 2020 NLL Entry Draft. We've already spoken with Trey LeClaire, Reed Bowering. Jeff Henrik is up next. And he is someone that NLL coaches dream about. A hard-working, blue-collared, two-way defender. Gritty on loose balls. We'll muck it up in the corners. Oftentimes, he's the one coming out with it. Has a little bit of speed. Has a little bit of flair. And a whole lot of skills. Sure, he might lack a little bit of size. But that's never stopped great players from becoming great defenders in the National Lacrosse League. He's going to fill out. He's going to get bigger. And he's only going to get better. A fifth year at the Ohio State University along with Trey LeClaire and Coach Myers is upon him and he's living in the bubble. That's not exactly nice being a student athlete in a bubble when you have to witness other people just not caring. And I think at times we all feel what Jeff Henrik and Trey LeClaire and many other student athletes feel. That if people aren't wearing masks and aren't social distancing and aren't listening to the proper guidelines, we won't even have sports come lacrosse season in the springtime. But Jeff and his housemates and his teammates are doing all they can to make sure they are safe and so that they can continue to play the sport that they love. And Jeff continue on his path to the National Lacrosse League. This is Jeff Hendrick, one-on-one right here on the Off the Crossbar Podcast.
continuing on with our prospect watch as we get closer and closer to the NLL draft on September 17th. Next up, Jeff Henrik from Orangeville, the new Westminster Stanberries, and the Ohio State University. Jeff, how are you, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me. No problem. I appreciate you giving us some time. We had your boy Trey on a couple of weeks ago. Figured we'd give you some love as well. You're obviously back at school now. We were just talking a little bit before that you're starting to do some classes, but how is college life in a bubble going so far? Um, it's been going good. You know, it takes a little bit of, of time to get used to, and, you know, you got to obviously make some sacrifices with the, the social life and whatnot, but, um, you know, it's good to be in a house with, uh, with Trey and a couple other guys that have been around for a while. Um, just spending time with them and isolating with them has been good. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good to, good to get back and see those guys for sure. Is everybody, you think, kind of complying to the rules? Or do you still see some parties and maybe a few large gatherings going on around campus? Yeah, um, it's it's honestly kind of difficult right now for me to kind of just drive around campus. You know, everybody's got um, different ideas, and um, you can't really ask the, the student body to, to make uh, decisions uh, specifically for the lacrosse team. But, yeah, there's been lots of parties and stuff that uh that you see and obviously there's uh people over 10 getting together and you know having a couple uh beverages together and it, it, it's hard to kind of just watch that and you know obviously not be a part of it but um you know uh the more they do that the life uh the less likely we are to kind of have a season so um it, it's tough to tough to watch but um yeah at the, at the end of the day you can't really say anything to those guys you're, you're taking uh, classes, obviously, are most of them online, or have you gotten any in-class sessions yet? Yeah, so classes just started up, actually, and uh, uh, today I had my first in-person. Um, I'm in uh, four classes, three of which are uh, online, and then one in-person. So, What's the online like for you? Do you think you'll be able to, to handle that and cope with it, being stuck at home and having to take classes through a computer? Um, I, I, I think so. Uh, you know, I've had some uh, time doing classes online throughout the summer. Um, uh, it is a little different. We're, we're doing like Zoom calls and most of my classes are, are over two, two hours, which can kind of be um, a long time to be sitting down staring at a computer. So it's definitely going to take some getting used to, but, um, you know, it's something I'm willing to do to, to get that uh, extra education. You graduated um, this past August with a degree in sports industry. Was it tough for you to make the decision to go back for a fifth year, or was that kind of a no-brainer for you? Um, you know, it took a little bit of time to uh, to get back um, on a on a on an answer with that one. But um, you know, I think always in the back of my mind, I, I wanted to go back. Um, I'm kind of the, the type of guy that you know, has to, has to finish what he started. So, you know, having the season cut kind of short, um, it left a little bit of a pit in my stomach. So, you know, I kind of wanted to go back and finish what I started. And, uh, you know, obviously had the opportunity to get a, to, to get a master's degree, which is super exciting. So yeah, there was lots of positives of, of going back and kind of weighing those. Uh, it was, a, it was an easy decision for me. 
is it kind of nice to have Trey alongside of you both going through this whole draft process? Um, yeah, it's been interesting for sure. You know, he's always, we're kind of always talking about it and, um, just, uh, talking about conversations that we've had and stuff, but, uh, it, it's good. It's good to, to have somebody there who's going with it or going through it with me. Um, it can be at times just a little bit difficult to, to, to handle that and, uh, you know, school and everything that's going on with, uh, with Ohio state, but, uh, yeah, it's been great to have him by my side and, uh, yeah. Do you have a little side bet on who goes higher in the draft? Uh, not right now, no. But it might be something that, uh, that we talked about. <laughs> when uh, you've you obviously gotten to know Trey over the last few years, and, and he, like yourself, a projected high pick in this draft, what do you like about his game uh, when you watch it from a defensive standpoint? Uh, putting the ball in the back of the net. Obviously, um, <laughs> kids got the kids got quite the shot, so uh, um, it's it's pretty nice to to see that kind of uh, take place, and um, it's it's fun for me playing in the LSM position where I can you know transition the ball to him and uh, watch him do what he does best. How did you get to OSU? Because we often, you know, a lot of the, the Western guys had connections with you know, whether it be Logan Shots or or Mike Pyers on the island. What was your connection to OSU that got you there? Um, honestly, just going to the Hill Academy, I think spending uh, uh, time there, four years there, was really good for my field lacrosse game, and I was able to, you know, uh, I guess just be in the right place at the right time and, and get noticed by uh, Ohio State. And um, from there, kind of just worked on the relationship with uh, Coach Myers and, and the, the coaching staff at Ohio State and uh, put something together and made it happen, and I, I, I've been grateful for it ever since. So, uh, yeah, there, there hasn't really been any true connections that, that got me there other than uh, Brody and Patrick Merrill, of course, uh, running the Hill Academy, but um, not really anybody from the the East Coast that uh, went to Ohio State. So, or I guess there was a... Brock Withers and Brock Yeah, there's yeah. been a few. There's been a few. You're a Norrisville guy. Yeah. Um, through and through, you're a Northman till the day you die. What's your favorite memory right. of growing up uh, in the Bunny Barn lifestyle? Yeah. Um, it's a pretty easy answer for me. Is obviously the the, the battles between uh, Six Nations and, and, and Orangeville. Um, you know, every Friday night going to the going to the barn and just watching those games, they they were electric. And you know, being a little kid in the stands, just seeing some of those guys, Glenn Bryan, uh, Andrew Suter, you know, some 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 great lacrosse players that have that have came, uh, come through that program, that, the Noble Brothers, and kind of just all those guys, um, you know, just battling and uh, just an awesome awesome environment to play in and, and watch lacrosse. And you know, it's something that I'll uh, I'll never forget, but there was one specific game that I remember we were playing Six Nations and, you know, just ended up in a complete bench brawl and the coaches <laughs> were going at it behind the, behind the bench and all of us kids were kind of chirping in the crowds and, you know, it was just, it was just one of those games that you'll remember forever, but uh, a, a good battle and uh, obviously re- respect that team uh, a lot and, you know, with the success that they've had, but whenever they come into the bunny bun, they're always, they're always going to be in for a good one. 
when you were growing up in Orangeville, was lacrosse always your sport or was, you know, were you a hockey guy, a basketball guy, or did you always knew lacrosse was going to be the one? Um, there was a time there when I was, you know, uh, playing both sports like every, every guy, but then, you know, I kind of figured out that I couldn't skate backwards. So I, I that's when I officially made the the transition to lacrosse. <laughs> Getting backwards, that, that's, that's not a tough one for me. I can't stop. That was always my tough tough one. So that's why I never really got yeah, off. I couldn't yeah. figure out the stopping part. Because I could crash into a board really well, <laughs> but actually being able to stop properly wasn't my thing. Um, a, a captain with the Orangeville Northman your last year, that's a pretty special honor with the, the number of guys that have gone through that organization and worn that T. Um, what did it mean to you to have the coaching staff and your teammates bestow that honor upon you? Um, so, so Bruce Codd was our, our head coach for, um, uh, for the North in my final year. And, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a great experience in just leading a, a bunch of just unbelievable men. Um, you know, uh, it's just a, yeah, it's just a real honor. That's something that I've kind of been dreaming of my entire life. And to have that, uh, to have that letter on the chest was, was, was just really special. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a, a great year. We uh, made it to the Ontario Finals uh, playing Branson, and, you know, things didn't really go our way. But I, I think it set a pretty good platform for the year to follow when they, they, they took home the Minto. So uh, I think it was a great year, and, you know, I uh, I loved playing under Bruce Codd. I thought he was an incredible coach, and uh, the rest of the coaching staff was awesome as well. How did you get to New West? Who Who brought you out there? Um, good question. I, you know, I, uh, got drafted to Colbert and, yeah. um, you know, I knew I always wanted to go out and play West. Uh, I, I've been to the West coast a couple of times and, uh, it's just an awesome environment and a place that I, you know, could, could see myself living just kind of, uh, what they have to offer kind of just fits well with my lifestyle. So it's always been intriguing for me and that was a great year. Um, I kind of, I honestly don't really remember how it ended up happening, happening, but uh, I'm glad it did, and I had a great experience out there. Were you planning on coming back again this summer? I think so. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. So, what have you been doing with, without lacrosse? You're much like everybody else. You know, we haven't been able to play since March, and we've just been kind of sitting here biding our time, waiting for the opportunity to play again, and Lucky enough, some of the field guys have gotten a chance with the MLL and the PLL, but what have you been doing to keep yourself fit and healthy and, and ready for college and preparing uh, for the MLL? Yeah, um, great question. I think, uh, you know, just being a part of Ohio State, um, you know, any time off or you're not really just going to be sitting on your, on your ass and, and doing nothing. Um, so throughout that entire time, until the moment we kind of all – left campus and everything we we tried our best to stay as connected as possible and um our uh, coaching staff and our conditioning staff they did a, a phenomenal job with kind of putting together a plan for us and we were able to you know utilize group me and, and stay connected through that and uh we shared our, our workouts almost daily and uh it was just awesome we had a great response from from the uh the team and Typically, we're only used to kind of doing two months of summer uh, with that, but, you know, kind of a lot longer time to be away from each other. So it, 
it had it, it had its challenges, but um, we were able to, to kind of find interesting ways to keep the team connected and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was really fortunate to just, you know, have that, that system to be a part of and um, not just kind of allow me to, you know, do my own thing. I was still uh, part of that part of that brotherhood. So it was, it was, it was awesome. I'm fortunate for that. You weren't vegging in the couch playing video games, eating chips is what you're saying. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Always getting better. Oh, boy. Um, that, that's what GMs are going to love to hear, that you're always wanting to get better. As you've gone through this draft process and general managers are talking to you and you're having these conversations, uh, how are you finding that process? Is it is it uncomfortable hearing people talk about you? Are you okay with it? And and how many times have you kind of thought to yourself, wow, this is, this is really going to happen? Yeah, you know, I... It all kind of seemed to happen so fast. Um, uh, just kind of a, a few calls coming in and stuff, and you know, it's it is kind of uncomfortable for me to kind of be, you know, hearing what people have to say about me and stuff. But I've never really been one for for taking that kind of. I don't know. I'm not one for for getting my tires pumped that much, but I I, I get it. But um, yeah, it was just it all happened so fast, and you know, I don't think it really uh, sank in too much until um maybe a couple of weeks ago that this is this is real and this is happening but um yeah it, it's been cool to connect with with those gms and you know just get to know each program a little better and um hear kind of what what the culture of each team is about and uh the directions of of each team and it, it's been it's been an awesome experience when when they ask you what your strengths are what's generally your response what what are jeff Hendricks' strengths Um, I, I think some of my strengths, uh, are just like transitioning the ball and, and uh, you know, uh, getting ground balls in, in the corners and stuff like that. And, um, being from Orangeville, kind of a, a grittier player. So, um, that has something to, to play in, in, in there. And, um, yeah, I, I'd say with that and, and playing strong defense. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Did, did the year out west, you think, is that going to help you? And obviously another year of senior ball this summer would have benefited you greatly. But now that you've kind of played senior lacrosse and you know what the, what it's like to go against, quote-unquote, men, do uh, you think that's going to benefit you when you step into the National Lacrosse League? Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I, it's it's just taking another another step up from junior and you're, you're playing against guys who have NLL experience and – you know, you really get a, a feel for the pace of play at the next level, and um, obviously, you know, taking taking the next step, the level of competition raises even more. So I think just with every every uh, every step you take, things are going to get a little faster and a little stronger, and um, you know, getting that year of uh, experience with that that group is super helpful. And um, you know, I got a little work to do still with the, with the size, but um, going to be there when it when the time comes. It's not going to be a, a regular draft. You're not going to have the opportunity to walk on the stage and shake the commissioner's hand and get the hat and all that fancy stuff. But your name will be called. It's going to be a very exciting moment for you, Jeff. I look forward to it. Uh, best of luck at school. I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Be safe and appreciate the time, my man. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. There is. That's Jeff Henrik. 
from the Ohio State University Buckeyes. That's the fight song, if you didn't know, and you're wondering why I was playing a marching band. But expect to hear Jeff Hendricks' name called fairly early. Now, there is one way that he drops out of the top two, and that is if the Rochester Nighthawks select Ryan Smith instead of Jeff Hendrick. And then I think Hendrick can drop to four, maybe five, depending on what happens. New West has the third pick. As Sorry, New West. Vancouver has the third pick, as we all know. And they are more than likely to take either LeClaire or Bowering. Now, with Richardson's relationship with Jeff Hendrick having been a New Westminster Salmon Belly last year, that might pique Dan's interest and the Warriors' interest to go after the gritty two-way defender. But I just don't think they do. I think they're going between LeClaire and Bowering. So that leaves one of LeClaire or Bowering and Hendrick, again, this is all if Smith goes to, sitting there for Patrick Merrill in the San Diego Seals. Now, we all know Merrill's connection with Orangeville, and we obviously know that Jeff Hendrick has a relationship with Pat Merrill from the Hill and from Orangeville. So there is familiarity there. So with Bowering and or Leclerc sitting there and possibly Jeff Henrik, now San Diego might have a tough decision to make. And if it's between Bowering and Henrik, the decision might be even tougher than if it's between Leclerc and Henrik. Because if it's Leclerc and Henrik, I can see them leaning toward bringing in Jeff Hendrick, knowing that San Diego already has a fairly full right-hand side. And the fact that Trey LeClaire will probably be a year out, much like Hendrick. But it will be, as we've talked about the last three or four weeks, very interesting after pick one. And as we get along in the draft, do teams want to draft guys for now or do they want to draft guys for next year? Keep in mind, what happens if there isn't a spring season? What happens if all of this COVID stuff and everything that's going on, what if the NCAA, say, NCAA says, you know what? We're just not going to have sports the entire season. Catastrophic and maybe a little beyond thought, but it could happen. And if it does happen, or if Ohio State makes the tournament and gets knocked out early, or they don't make the tournament early, those guys are available as soon as their teams are out of contention. Literally the day they're out of contention, their eligibility ends. And so they are free to go play in the NLL. So, the, we all know one is Jeff T, but two through six, maybe even seven, is going to be a lot of coin tosses. And it's going to be a lot of teams deciding between one and two guys. And it's the guy they are really high on and maybe the guy that they thought was going to be gone. September 20th is going to be a very, very interesting night when all is said and done. And I hope you'll join us on YouTube, BR Live, the NLL's Facebook. You can watch it all. Join Devin Caney, Stephen Stamp, Tabitha Turner, 
and a host of others as well as myself, 7.30 Eastern Time. We've already had a bunch of our production meetings. We've already talked about a lot of things. And we're going to try to make this as professional looking as we can from a bunch of different basements. Or kitchens or dens or living rooms or wherever we're all finding room to film for the draft. While we have been working towards the draft, of course, teams continue to sign players and deepen their roster. And what we're seeing more and more of now is an influx of Americans getting contracts. And again, in the NLL, there's no such thing as a guaranteed contract. So just because a guy signs a deal doesn't mean A, that he's on the team or B, gets any of that money. However, we are seeing more and more guys from the PLL and MLL that had really good showings through July and August are getting some contracts. Cade Van Raphorst, a two-year deal with Halifax. Max Adler, a one-year deal with the Seals. Of course, a few weeks ago, San Diego really hit the splash signing Jake Bernhardt. Noah Richard and Jay Carlson. So there's going to be more and more of those guys getting opportunities and looks. And I think we're going to see more and more guys want to continually try out for the National Lacrosse League and see if they can cut it. And as we grow with more teams, obviously the player pool needs to deepen. And the American player pool is definitely going to have to deepen. And if I've always said this, and I will continue to say it, just because a guy is a freak of an athlete and can score goals in the field across game and the outdoor game doesn't mean his game is necessarily translate to the indoor game. So you have to be able to put them in positions to succeed. Whether it's, you know, kind of hiding them as a two-way transition guy and letting them use their athletic ability. Or getting them in the right, with the right coaching staff. And having them break down how to properly work either offensively or defensively in the two-man game. It's not always going to be easy. But you have to try and find a way to not only get these guys as quickly up to speed as you can. But keep them engaged and keep them learning and growing so that they want to stay in the game. And not just be a one-year flash in the pan in and out and get done. And with the success of Schreiber and McArdle and Baptiste, now this next group of guys is going to start to say, hey, you know what, maybe I can do that too. And I think a lot of these guys are going to have success, success in the National Lacrosse League if they truly give it a shot and not get frustrated and not just kind of pass it aside after a couple weeks of camp if they're not feeling it. I don't think many of those guys will do that. I think all these guys are going to fully dive in. And we're seeing more and more guys make the transition, have more success, and want to continue to play the indoor game. And I think it's going to be huge. And I think we're going to see some names taken in the NLL draft that people are going to have question marks beside. Are they going to translate? Do they even want to play? Will they play? And you never know until you take a chance on those guys. 
So I'm very happy that we're seeing more and more PLL, MLL guys showing interest, getting shots. And hopefully that turns out to be a higher percentage of Americans on final day rosters when the season starts. Man, I miss lacrosse. We should be in the heart of WLA playoffs right now. We should be getting ready for the Founders and the President's Cup and the Man Cup. But unfortunately, we're stuck here. Stuck indoors with nowhere to go. No lacrosse to play. And thankfully, because of some incredibly brave athletes, no sports to watch. I miss it. But for a good reason, there are no sports right now. And let's hope that this means there will be change and continued conversations and actual action. Want to shout out Jeff Henrik for giving us some time out of his busy schedule of online classes down at the Ohio State University. Next week, we will continue our prospect watch, continuing on getting closer and closer to the NLL draft. And we'll have a special guest right before the draft to break it all down. Until then, you can email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar or Instagram, OTCB Podcast. That'll wrap it up. Short, sweet, concise. We're out of here. Until next time, be safe and be excellent to each other.